Gavin. Hey, Louie. You're looking fine, fresh, fierce bikinis on top tonight, Gavin. <laughs> You've already started that way recently. Mm-mm. Recently? This not, yeah, this is not a time travel episode. We can't do that. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, wait. Okay. Put a fucking pin in that time travel episode. We do need to do that. That's the genre that we do need to do, Maybe. listeners. Maybe it'll come up in the future. Maybe it'll come up in the past. Who can Who ever knows? be sure? Um, but also, I'm I'm feeling fine, fresh, fierce bikinis on top because it is fucking hot today yeah. in yeah. New York. I, um, I only look good because I'm sweating profusely and it's giving me an earthly, dewy look. Mm, love that. Love <laughs> yeah. that. Um, yeah. And I'm not complaining. I am very happy that spring has finally sprung. Uh, and we, we don't have spring anymore. What is this? Spring has sprung. It's summer. It's yeah, just summer we, in New York City. I saw someone post like we went from puffer coats to crop tops overnight. Um, yeah. I was wearing both. <laughs> just a crop, a uh, crop puffer. Yes. Um, hi everyone. Welcome. Uh, this is the Mixed Reviews. We're a film podcast where we take a film subject such as an actor, director, or a mini genre. We take two weeks. We watch as much as we can. We give you a full history and we tell you what we like and what we don't like. We mix up those reviews. Um, and today we are so excited. We are not alone. We have the wonderful, the talented Brian Sudfield. Hi guys. I'm very excited to be here today. We're excited to have you. Absolutely. Um, We are going to get into uh, why you are here and what you have brought for us on this episode. But first, we have some old business to take care of. Um, First of all, our last episode, which it feels like we just did because we had a truncated time period when we did that one. Uh, We talked about the luminous Goldie Hawn. Um, Oh, my goodness. Icon, legend, star. Uh, And we asked you guys to go online and vote for your favorite Goldie Hawn performance. And here are the results. Uh, Cactus Flower, her fucking Oscar, (laughs) (laughs) came in last place with 2%. Um, Private Benjamin, which was Gavin's pick, came in third place with 17%. First Wives Club uh, in second place with 25%. And my pick, Death Becomes Her, just stomping yeah <laughs> the competition with 56 percent um i don't know if i was surprised or not in that i mean like death becomes her is just that girl yeah it's classic and uh i don't think i was surprised either i thought private benjamin would maybe do a little bit better but you know you know i mean it's got its flaws <laughs> but also i mean like the 90s girlies and in our audience are very strong and yes. i feel like both first wives club and death becomes her just can't be beat. Uh, Brian, how, how are you feeling about Goldie Hawn? Do you have a favorite? Ooh, that's tough. Um, honestly, we have an entire episode if you want to listen. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I'm going to have to say Shampoo is probably my favorite. Wow. wow. It's a good, I'm going to have to pick. say that. It's, that's Solid. one of the few ones that I've seen from her. I will admit that I've been slacking on the Goldie Hawn filmography no, but, but sh- shampoo is a good choice. We talked about that it, a lot in our Warren Beatty it, episode. It's so good. It's so Solid. so good. And, Solid. and sh- she after, and we talked a little bit about this in the episode, so I don't want to relitigate it. But after she sort of took control of her own career, she started yeah. playing less complicated women <laughs> than uh, <laughs> than she was prior. And I think shampoo is a is a like high mark in terms of complicated uh, yeah. adult roles. Oh yeah, so good. Um, other piece of old business. It is the middle of uh, May Madness. Gavin, the girls have been fighting on Twitter. <laughs> they have voting. Uh, who is going to be our uh, first subject for the month of June? Um, 
Deborah Winger uh, put up a very strong fight against Susan Sarandon. She's already I, out, though. Shocking. My, I know. My, my The Susan Sarandonians <laughs> came out. I sent you a text with the screenshot where they were 50-50 against each other, because first of all, I have no backup plan. So mm-hmm. if, these, if one of these gets 50-50, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, also... Just I I could tell it was like a stop the clock moment for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, if you're in line, keep waiting. <laughs> this is the way that Deborah Winger can still win. Um, wait, so Gavin, who who is not who is out? Who has made it to the next round? What's what's the status? So so far, Ellen Burstein and Deborah Winger are out of the game, but we have wow. Vivica A. Fox and Susan Sarandon moving on to the next round, and we still got two other rounds before getting even to decide. The semifinals. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, uh, there is Liz Taylor versus uh, Debbie Reynolds and Penelope Cruz versus Pam Greer. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like Ellen Burstein and Deborah Winger are such like incredible actresses that the caliber of uh, the women we have up for the vote, like strong, strong acts like them are getting the chop (laughs) right off the block. Uh, so keep on voting. Keep an eye out on our Twitter, um, and you can help pick us um, the first subject we're covering in June. So, oh, awesome. but do remember that. But the, do remember the final comes down to our Patreon patrons. So yes. if you want to vote in the final heat, you do have to join our Patreon. Or if you would like just to get a girly to the finals, that's fine too. <laughs> you know that could be the prize for you. I got her a strong you, second place. You know what, Louie? <laughs> am i the am i the only one advertising here <laughs> listen i want to encourage people to engage as much as they can and don't feel bad about it exactly uh, <laughs> um but okay thank you goldie han thank you may madness um we will see you again um brian tell us and tell the lovely audience why we are here on this good day we're talking about Adam Driver, which I'm Adam so, Driver. so, so, so amped to talk about. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot wait to gush about this man and his filmography. <laughs> I am so, so, so excited to do this. I can't wait to gush about him in his Burberry hero cologne campaign. Um, <laughs> all I want to do is stare at Adam Driver half naked on a horse in the ocean. Um just kidding. He has actually, in fact, made some movies. Uh, what What is your fascination with this man? You told me that he's your favorite working actor right now. What's that about? Yeah, I love how Adam Driver is so versatile with his craft. I love how he doesn't stick to just one specific genre of film. And I love that in his pretty short time as an actor, he's worked with so many of the most celebrated filmmakers in the business today. I mean, the fact that you list all these filmmakers that he's worked with, it's it's crazy. Scorsese, Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, Noah Baumbach, uh, so many, the Jim Jarmusch, the Soderbergh, the list goes on and on. And I mean, he's about to work with Francis Ford Coppola. It's, it's crazy the list of work that he's done in such a short period of time. And also, he just seems like a very genuine, down-to-earth dude that's very chill and laid back. And as someone who has seen him in person, he definitely comes off that way. Although, as much as I love him as an actor, he's not very good with the press. He's not very good at (laughs) hiding the fact that he hates doing publicity. When I went to the NIF showing of White Noise, 
he looked like he did not want to be there and he did not do a good job at high in that. So Adam Just miserable. Oh, he looks so, he looks so miserable. And I'm like, oh, Adam, I'm so sorry, bud. But come on, add some spunk to it. Just pretend for us. This is why we pay you money. <laughs> like, As somebody who edited all those talkbacks, I could uh, I could definitely. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, yeah, he was there. He certainly was there. But yeah, I mean, I kind of like that he's bad with the press. I kind of like that. I mean, he is. He's a bad you know, boy. He's he's a bad boy. He's a very <laughs> singular person. I also, uh, well, I'm I'm six foot, but he's six two. And I swear to God, it feels like he's eight foot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's eight yeah. foot, all limbs. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like I, I, I like that he has this kind of, uh, I don't, I don't think it's like a, What's the word I'm looking for? It's not a combative personality when right. it comes to the press, but it is a sort of standoffish. Like I, I think he's I, just like supremely uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like I just, I came here to act. Like you yeah. don't, you don't need to hear about my personal life. And right, but it's funny though because he does. I think give when he does do interviews. I do think he's like very off the cuff, like yes. telling random stories. So I just think he like clearly <laughs> is like media training. No, I don't want to. <laughs> What's that? Um, but okay, great. Uh, why don't we then just get into it and get into our rewind? For me, it felt like Adam Driver just like appeared one day on HBO, like fully formed, <laughs> you know, and I was like, who is this? ugly hot guy like, he's, <laughs> like he is the, the perfect uh, encapsulation of also like that era of fucking brooklyn hipster yes. nonsense like yeah yeah if you could bottle 2007 bushwick like it, it would be adam driver like it's like oh hi i'm a driver um <laughs> but i digress adam adam douglas driver was born november 19th 1983 he actually once was a baby yeah uh, <laughs> he is he is literally one year and like uh, eight days old i mean one month and eight days older than me that's it that's it 56 this, years old it's crazy Gavin. yeah well, it's uh <laughs> It's one of those things where I'm like, look at all the things I've accomplished. Why can't oh. he just work a little harder? That's that happens to me when I watch fucking Top Chef Kids. Okay, so like, <laughs> um, he's actually 39 years old. Everyone, um, he was born in California, but uh, m most of his life is not spent there. Um, by the time he's around seven, um, his parents split up, and he moves to Indiana, where his mom's from, and he. I think it's like close to Indiana, um, the southern border of Indiana. Uh, and his dad, meanwhile, moves to Arkansas, where I believe he says he still lives and works today. Um, a choice. A choice. Uh, but he, yeah, so he grows up with his mom and stepdad in, in, in Indiana. His stepdad is a minister at a Baptist church, which, holy boy, um, I bet that was all sorts of crazy kooky nonsense that sounds super fun super liberating very yep. just mm -hmm. unwatchful i just yep. yeah I'm imagine sure you, you like are born spend like the first you know handful of years of your life in california and you're like wow what a life and then it's like <laughs> surprise son you're seven years old and we're moving to indiana and your new dad is a baptist minister exactly <laughs> he told uh m magazine that his teenage self was kind of a misfit yeah. he was very much like 
<laughs> kind of an arsonist, just lighting shit on fire. Fucking, he co-founded a fight club. Yes. Um, yes. Which, which is just like very boys being boys, but like times a billion vibes to it's, me. It, it's funny. I heard him talk about it and he was like, well, it wasn't like surprise attacks. You had to be, you were invited <laughs> right. to the club. And I was still like, I don't know if that makes it better. Well, there is, there is honor in Fight Club, Gavin. Okay. Yeah. There is no honor in just being a random surprise bully. Also, like, aren't you not supposed to talk about that? Really? It's the first rule. It's the first two I know, rules. I know. <laughs> the the Mishawaka Indiana Fight Club is no more because clearly Adam can't keep his fucking mouth shut. Yeah, no, I really liked that movie and thought that was a good yeah. idea. We're also like, you're fucking bored in Indiana. Like, a small town, there's not really yep. much to do. There's not like a... It's not initially like the, a cultural haven, so yeah. you're kind of making shit up as you go along, and that seemed like a good idea, just to fight your friends. He starts doing a little bit of high school plays. Um, he likes it very much. He's in, I think, Fiddler on the Roof and um, Old Lace in high school. Arsenic uh, and Old Lace. No, he he is just the dinosaur Old Lace from The Runaways. You know, see, I, I've been rereading Runaways. I, see, I follow your Twitter. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Gavin. Someone has to. Um, he and he likes it and he thinks he wants to, you know, be an actor. And in a classic small town kid um, fashion, he's like, I've heard of Juilliard. <laughs> I hear that's a good school for acting. Maybe I'll just apply there. Um, and Juilliard's like, LOL, what girl? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Crazy. Um so he does not get in, and for a little while, he's just kind of, like, aimless living in this small town in Indiana, doing telemarketing, selling um, vacuum cleaners door-to-door, um, and it's around this time he also, he says he can't remember exactly what happens first, whether 9-11 happened first, or he he tried to move to L.A. to, yes. um, to be an actor, he, like, Gets in the car, packs some shit, I think makes it like a little bit past El Paso and the car breaks down. He is like, LOL, I have X dollars to just try and like live in LA. And now it's all being spent on fixing up this piece of shit car. Fixes the car, gets to LA, is there for two days and is like, well, I have no more money. <laughs> I guess it's time to go home. And so he fully looks like, turns back around and that and that's like the first false start of his acting career um because you know he, he didn't know anybody he, he was just like kind of he thought you'd show up and i don't know it was a fucking glee episode where you twirl around and like someone <laughs> discovers you it's funny because i heard him talk about how he did the like classic small town uh like he said he had a girlfriend he broke up with her i had like a girlfriend who were very uh, i don't know why i put that in air quotes we're very you know we're serious and we're gonna get married which was embarrassing because i made a big production about saying goodbye to everybody in, in indiana i'm like goodbye uh, girlfriend uh, you know who knows when we'll see each other again um and then i was back like a week later 9 11 happens and he decides to enlist in the marine corps um I think he, he says in a story, like, his stepfather mentions, like, maybe you should join. He's like, yeah, right. Yeah. And then he was like, well, maybe I should. <laughs> um, and so he is, he, he enlists, he goes to training. Um, and he says it's like a really foundational, helpful moment in his life where he actually 
they enjoyed all the discipline and it really bonded with all these um people in his troop um he never was deployed right um but he did serve two years um and eventually is discharged um because he has an accident where um on a motorbike he says his sternum was crushed uh, in an accident um with the handlebars um and he said he was devastated he said you know he really wanted to go with his battalion um yeah that's that's a hard thing that's a that's something as somebody who knowing who i am i can't you know i will never have that experience i right i, I had as i mentioned i'm of the same age and i've had people i know who did get deployed and who died and i've never been like a rah rah let's go yeah. kill other people and so i I find this, and this is just me speaking, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but this is, you know, this is a hard part of his personality that I have trouble wrapping my mind around. Just because I just, like, I, I totally understand him, you know, he 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 even did a TED Talk, I listened to the entire TED Talk, uh, it talked about how it turned his life around, and I totally get that, and I get how it can be foundational, how it can create a bond, create, like, a family and everything, but the idea that he's still sort of longing for the fact that he never got to deploy with his friends right is i mean I it's to me it sounds like he's me. less uh like oh man i didn't get to go do war and more like <laughs> that's a good oh, way of putting it oh man i didn't get to complete this journey with these people who went through all this hardship with yes. me i joined the marine corps and i loved it i love being a marine it's one of the things i'm most proud of having done in my life firing weapons was cool Driving and detonating expensive things was great, but I found I loved the Marine Corps the most for the thing I was looking for the least when I joined, which was the people. These weird dudes, a motley crew of characters from a cross-section of the United States that on the surface I had nothing in common with. And over time, all the political and personal bravado that led me to the military dissolved, and for me the Marine Corps became synonymous with my friends. And then a few years into my service, and Months away from deploying to Iraq, I dislocated my sternum in a mountain biking accident and had to be medically separated. And for those who were never in the military, they find this hard to understand. But then being told I wasn't going to deploy to Iraq or Afghanistan was very devastating for me. And that I understand. And that, that, I, that I get. And he's talked about how, like, it's, you know, when you go make a movie and it's a very sort of similar thing. It's a very different thing, but it's a similar thing where you're with a group of people and you have a very limited amount of time. They sort of become you know, ingratiated with you, like a family sort of thing. But I just, yeah, I just, oh, I am yeah, very... Yeah, well, to be clear, the Mixed Reviews does not support fucking war. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So... I, I just, I, I, the only reason I said I, I'm speaking for myself and not for anybody else is I just don't, you know, if, we're, no. if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna send hate mail, send it to me, I don't care, but the... No, 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 I mean, like, I think it's, you know, similar to you like I, i'll never fucking know what it's like to be part of the military like brian have you been a part of the military i have not <laughs> all right so like we'll never you know know what that's like for a lot of people that's their only way out of like their circumstance in life and so like you know yeah. that's fucking shitty but it is what it is um and yeah he so he he gets med medically discharged with the rank of lance corporal and because of the gi bill he's able to afford to go to college. Um, and so in, in a very weird serendipitous fucking roundabout way, like his service, though limited 
was able to get him back on the path that he wanted to do. And right. he says, he says, as soon as he was discharged and, you know, he was having a really hard time, it made him realize, like, there is one thing, only one thing I want to fucking do, and that is act. Um, and so he enrolls at the University of Indianapolis um, because he says that the window, he, he, he still laser focused on getting into fucking Juilliard. Yes. He had a, he had I missed. Mean, I mean, if you listen to him talk, like it, it was all of his heroes. It was like Robin Williams, and you know, the, the which is so funny because I cannot think of two diametrically opposed actors. Which is right. not to say Adam Driver can do comedy. Great, it's not a Robin Williams comedy. Right. Robin Williams could do drama. It's not Adam Driver drama. Right. <laughs> like, like I knew like Robin Williams and and like Kevin Klein and all these great like you know theater actors went there. So I kind of like. That was like the, the the bar, I guess. I didn't know how you know um, hard it was mm-hmm. or uh, how unrealistic that goal seemed. But. He's at the University of Indianapolis, just kind of biding his time until the um, audition process opens up for Juilliard. Um, he's doing you know shows there as well. Finally, comes around to do auditions. Fucking nails it, gets in. So if you're listening out there and you want to get into Juilliard. Literally, all you have to do is join the military. It's so crazy how that works, guys. And get medically discharged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and that's life <laughs> it's a, experience, okay? It's a very simple path. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so he 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 literally gets, like, the word that he's been accepted into Juilliard while he's working at fucking Target. Yeah. Um, dreams happen, babes, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he... Goes to Juilliard and is immediately, you know, he talks about how his life has changed. He's he's so used to this small town life, um, really had never been to New York, experienced a lot of culture. Juilliard is, if for folks who don't know, is literally in the middle of like the culture center of the city. Yeah, there's the ballet, the opera, like it's the, in Lincoln Center. Yeah. Right. So it's in where West Side Story takes place. Okay, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so and and he talks about just how, you know, Juilliard really, uh, again, was formative to him. And he had no no formal training before then. Um, He was just going off of, you know, his life experience. Um, But so he does um, work there in Juilliard and graduates at the like senior showcase catches the eye of a couple agent characters who are like ooh a tall straight guy in theater <laughs> have i got some shows for you all of them every yeah, show <laughs> literally all of them he's you know doing the classic thing doing a little busboy waitering things um, but he kind of quickly is starting to book shows. So he's doing a lot of off-Broadway work, including Angels in America. He says it's his favorite play. Um, and he's... That's crazy to me. Like that, I mean, good, good. It should yeah. be. It's an amazing piece of theater. Yeah. Uh, but it just, once again, just Adam Driver is unknowable. <laughs> Truly unknowable. <laughs> his first fucking movie is directed by Clint Eastwood. Yeah. And, and he's in J. Edgar. A real quick idea, and this is just a small sidebar. He gets his SAG card for being in an episode of The Unusuals, which was a one-season show starring Amber Tamblyn and Jeremy Renner. Casual. And he was like a suspect. I I don't remember if he was the the killer or not. I've not seen the show since literally since it came out. But I was like, oh, like when we started researching him, I was like, 
I saw him on TV once and I was like, oh shit, that was a SAG show. Can I just pay for my parking tickets and go home? This isn't about parking tickets and you know it. <sighs> How much is your trust fund worth? Is it like 10 million or 15 million? I mean, that is a lot of X-Lax. <laughs> That's what I call it. I call my trust fund X-Lax. This makes everything smooth and easy to deal with. That's why I don't use it. It's hard to be a real person when you have so much money, huh? I'm not even sure what that is. <laughs> real person. It's very um, telling that like of where his career is going immediately because he's like, like you mentioned up top, Brian, like he's already first movie working with these just like really big names. Um, I've never seen J. Edgar. I've heard it's a fucking mess. So it's 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 so dull. It's so boring. Easily a snoo. If you want to find a movie that you could fall asleep to very easily, it's that one. That's one of them. (laughs) Uh, I saw it in the theater. And the thing I remember the most is that um, uh, possible cannibal army hammer looks like Joe Biden at the end of the movie. (laughs) And I was like, huh, weird. But uh, yeah, J. Edgar is famously like makeup city for all these like yes, Hollywood every, hots. Everybody looks like Clayface from Batman the Animated Series mid transformation. Sure. sure. <laughs> Great. Not like real Love people. Um, he's in one scene. And it, like it, once again, very cool that he got to work with Clint Eastwood on his first film. But I don't yep. want to make it out to be like and right. he he was being, you know, Dame, uh, Dame whatever. J. Edgar Hoover. Dame, Dame J. Edgar <laughs> Hoover. Oh, there was a joke in Goodnight Oscar about uh, <laughs> um, Jagger Cooper not being able to run in heels. And I was like, I, I, I fucking can't wait to go see that show. Oh, like, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I want to see that. I want to see that, too. I can't, I'm trying to get tickets for it. It's so good. And there's a moment and like this is a complete digression. There's a moment towards the end and you're it's, you're going to fucking lose your mind. That's okay. all. So, yeah. OK. All right. You'll both love it. <laughs> all right. The, the Broadway boys were here. Um, <laughs> So it, after J. Edgar, he um, gets approached by his agent and is like, hey, Lena Dunham is doing this weird, kooky little show called Girls. You should really go out for it. And he's like, TV, I don't think so, hon. Um, <laughs> he's like, did you see me on The Unusuals? Not for me. Yeah. yeah. He basically kind of ha- hearing him talk about it. It sounds like he was very much like, I don't know if I could do like. TV really, really, uh, you know, I really love doing theater stuff. I'm a weirdo. Um, but his agent's like, no, no, like, you need to go out for this. This is a show that, like, everyone's talking about. It's going to be something. You got to do it. So he finally goes out for it. And uh, he's just, like, immediately taken by the script and taken by Lena. And they have this kind of fierce connection. They end up, you know, uh, coming up with Adam, the character, thinking like he says he plays him like a rhinoceros who's just like very tough skinned and just like runs into things until he's exhausted. Um, Supposedly, and he's not sure this is he's not even sure this is true. But the idea was that his character wasn't really supposed to last beyond, you know, either mm. one or two episodes. But they liked working with him so much that they decided to write him more. And isn't he on all six seasons? No, I don't think he's on for all six oh, seasons. Okay. He got three nominations for an Emmy for an Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. Uh, um, comedy, LOL. Um, yeah, I, but, uh, I, you know, 
much like TV, not for me, Adam Driver. Girls, not for me. <laughs> so I haven't really... I, I watched the first season, I think, when it was on, and I was like, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, it's... I I I was not living in New York when Girls was coming out, and I think I was just like kind of like resentful about it. Like, <laughs> all my friends were in New York living fucking girls, and I was like... In middle of buttfuck nowhere, Texas, not living girls. Um, I, I was, and I was actively avoiding living girls. So that was the- <laughs> it's tough. Again, fucking 2007, Bushwick, dark place. Um, but anyway, that's the breakthrough. Like, you know, people either love him or hate him or some combination of the both. Um, the character is just so prickly, um, so polarizing. Yeah, then maybe we just find a new place. There's a lot on Craigslist that doesn't require a broker. Yeah, very cool. Oh, right. I've been on this list for artist housing for, like, forever. They tend to favor married couples, though, so it might help if we did that. Yeah, and I guess it's time to finally join a food co-op. It's like, I don't know, I've never wanted to because I find the whole shift thing kind of demeaning, but... Well, I can do them all if you handle the bills and stuff like that. I'm still not great with computers. Yeah, he's getting noticed, and... Soon after that, he gets the fucking phone call from Steven Spielberg, who's like, hey, girly, want to be in Lincoln? Um, and so he, two for two, he's got historical dramas directed by these megawatt Hollywood directors. Um, he also starts up his little relationship with Noah Bumbach, who, my God, they must be best friends. Yeah. <laughs> the shit they do together. I'm like, y'all are weird. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> um, but he he meets uh, Noah and uh, casts him in Francis Ha, um, which I remember when Francis Ha came out and everyone was like, oh, what an indie darling. This is <laughs> the the movie. Um, it's one of the few Noah Baumbach movies I like. So I'm not I'm not going to fight you on it, but it no, is no, I, it's I, fun. I, I remember. Um, I remember watching it. Back when it came out, and being like, "Oh my god!" Like New York is so crazy. Yeah. Indie film <laughs> is so crazy. I want to dance down the street to David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, it's funny. Even though he starts off his career in these big movies with small roles like Lincoln and um, Jagger, he almost immediately kind of retreats into the indie world with Francis Ha, Not William but Drowning, and then I don't know my favorite movie of all time, fucking Gaby. I swear to God, I've seen Gaby like 10,000 times. Easily. Uh, I I think what this is, I mean, most of those roles, Lincoln, and while it is a scene with Daniel Day-Lewis, and it's a good scene, it's a, uh, but it, it's a one scene. Like, it's a one right. for Lincoln. I think we choose to be born. I don't suppose so. Or we fit it to the times we're born into. Well, I don't know about myself. You may be, sir, fitted. And then yeah. he's not in Francis Odd ton. And I mm-hmm. think what it is is what we're seeing is uh, sort of what would have been his natural career path had right. he not lucked out into being in these films with these sort of auteur directors. Uh, but I did watch uh, Not Waving But Drowning for this. I I really liked it. Um, It's not perfect by any means. It's very indie. It's very... But um, his character's sort of a... 
he's like a ne'er do well, like which you know he's a guy who starts dating one of the main characters and she's trying to be friends with the batter kids and they like steal and he's like i'm not gonna go party with them because they're stealing Um, (laughs) i goody two shoes yeah uh and i i liked this performance because it was like i felt like that was the kind of neuroses i probably went through in my like late teens early 20s where i'm like i don't want to be a bad kid (laughs) i want to hang with the good kids um yeah and you're right though because like i mean in Gaby, he's not in it a lot. Like these right. movies, like they're tip spots, um, but they're also very New York, yes. um, stuff. It's he's also still doing plays. He does uh, look back in anger, um, and he won a Lucille Lothel Award, which is like a local um, acting award here in New York. So he's just he's very much like a downtown guy, downtown theater guy. Yeah, um, you know, friends are casting him in their small movies. Uh, you know, he is really funny in Gaby. I do want to make sure I do yes. mention that he like he has that he's a comic book nerd. He has that great speech about uh, you know Cyclops like or mm-hmm. Spider Man like it was very topical for the time. I stopped reading Spider Man ever since he made that deal with the devil. Oh, I was such a huge Mary Jane fan. I don't know why they screwed that up. I'm sticking to the X books. At least when Cyclops psychically cheated with Emma Frost on Jean Grey, who we all know is the love of his life. At least there was a little build up. Didn't happen overnight. And you need the, the devil to magically swoop in and say, oh, suddenly you're Hey, married. Tom. Yeah, Gaby makes me laugh every time I see it. It it's is so funny. So funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, he he's, he kind of continues on this path. Um, I didn't watch Bluebird. Um, he's in but, two scenes. You didn't. I mean, it's good, but it's also sad. And yeah, but he's in two scenes. You're good. Um, <laughs> I have seen the movie, the F word slash what if um but again like it's not the adam driver show uh you know when we just talked about inside lewin davis uh you know he has yeah. a small part in in that um he's so funny in that and that movie's fully relying on the fact that he's like tall and gangly and and kind of odd <laughs> he looks like fucking woody yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> literally it's, it's giving woody i mean i'm assuming you've seen inside lewin davis brian oh it's my favorite coen brothers movie i <laughs> i love it so much i love his outer space i love it yes. so much I, it's so good it's that so good surprisingly accurate <laughs> yeah well when you, you see that. well when you see it so many times it starts to get ingrained in your memory and your vocabulary <laughs> awesome i I saw Tracks, um, which comes out in 2013. Yeah. Um, I was like, I was like, my mom would love this movie. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and that's and, and that's you, no shade, but like, it's literally. And just you know like, what, Louis? I am your mother because <laughs> <laughs> you love Tracks. <laughs> I loved Tracks. I am so attracted to um, sad main characters. <laughs> main characters are really even if you go all the way back to our first episode of the Mix Reviews and I was like Melancholia is Kirsten Dunn's <laughs> best role. Uh, there's something about Mia Wasikowski, is that who you say her name? I'm terrible with Wasikowska? Wasikowska. Something like that. Yeah, I'm the worst at pronouncing anything. Uh she, she there's such a deep well of like not wanting to be around people and just like the way it comes out and expresses itself. And poor Adam driver plays this like kind of gregarious kind of stupid nature photographer who's sent out with her to, she's transporting three dromedary camels 
across the outback and he's she's not transporting girl she's literally just like i'm sad so i'm walking across australia and well, i need the camels i mean the definition is moving from place to place so transporting i don't think i'm wrong there um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and you know she's giving basically national geographic's footing the bill but only if this wildlife photographer goes on with her and he he clearly like falls in love with her and I she know. is like 100% misanthrope. Like they, they have a sexual encounter at one point, which he like completely misinterprets into like, we're in love. Yeah. And she's like, no, we're not. She's <laughs> like, like, I'm in love with the land. I'm in <laughs> love with me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tracks is funny because looking at the poster, they really sold it as like these two people in love in the middle of the desert. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 that's nope. not what's going on. <laughs> Um, why would I need an exercise bike? Oh, it's not an exercise bike. It's a backup generator for the radio in case the batteries fail. I'm I'm not taking the radio. Please, Robin, just take the radio. Wait, you, you want to die out there or something? Take the radio in case. Okay, I'll take the radio, but I'm not taking the bike. You know, it's really reassuring to know that my sister won't be alone out there. Well, I'm only meeting up with her four or five times. Two or three times. Two or three. I was surprised at how effective the movie is. I, I was really taken by it. Um, it's like also just a beautifully lensed film. Just the right. cinematography alone is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I did want to mention in 2014, he's in this tiny little indie drama called Hungry Hearts. Yes. Which fucking, the way my jaw was dropping <laughs> watching I, this movie. I have never um, talked about her before on the show, but Alba Warrocker is one of my, literally hands down, one of my favorite actresses working. And I know we'll probably never do an episode of her because she does mostly Italian films. And it's who wants to hear two Americans talk about movies <laughs> that they can't understand the language. <laughs> but uh, I, I, love this movie i love their chemistry i love i think it woofs out a little bit at the end unfortunately yeah uh but everything up to that that build up i i saw this movie in 2014 and i was just like jesus christ <laughs> like, yeah i like i was jaw-dropping if you'd been protected from everything for nine months and from one day to the next we're thrown into this noisy Thinking, toxic cloud. How would you react? Believe it or not, this exact same thing has happened to me. And it's been a long time ago, so I don't remember the exact details. But since then, I've eaten a mound of dirt and nothing has happened to me. What's bothering you? What's bothering me is that he hasn't even gone outside. Seven months are nothing compared to our lifetime. He'll have all the time he wants to breathe in the open air. When? When? When does that time come? When did you turn into such a piece of shit? It's... Just kind of a stunning, audacious movie. Like, I was like, they're going where? Yeah. This movie is taking <laughs> turns. It's directed by Severio Costanzo, who is a, a Italian filmmaker. Uh, it's set in New York. It's basically like rom-com premise. Yeah. Adam, Adam Driver, Alba Rovacher, they get locked in a bathroom together. And at first they're panicking. And then it's like a cute meet cute. And literally like three scenes later... They're fucking. And uh, and she's like, please, like, 
she literally says like the words like don't come in me and he does and uh sounds like she, my kind of movie <laughs> yes <laughs> she gets she gets pregnant they get married and they have like rom-com wedding like it, what a feeling plays during the wedding he sings her an italian song beautiful 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 suddenly Boom, she's, she's crazy <laughs> she's yeah she's not eating she's trying to kill her baby baby's born still trying to kill her baby clearly going through some sort of psychosis like prepartum depression postpartum depression depression all around uh he's trying to get his kid back he doesn't know what to do he's in love with this woman really wants to trust her but clearly can't and it's all downhill from there <laughs> i fully was just like and this is why you don't fucking marry someone you've met two weeks ago yes exactly. what is wrong with straight people <sighs> i also was just like maybe you know listeners out there that have children like thank you for your service thank you for your work but we don't need any more kids everyone else who, <laughs> everyone else who doesn't have kids yet like don't do it C- counterpoint she didn't want him she didn't, she didn't want him either no, but then she's like, my indigo baby. Yeah. I can feel it. I can feel it in my gut. I know what's right for my baby. Ooh, it, 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 it. I like, I like that that is the same accent you use for when you do like West Side Story quotes. <laughs> That's very true. That's like, very true. Fucking like, dragon. how many bullets left? One for you. One for, One for me. me. <laughs> All that to say, Hungry Hearts is very good. Um, I agree with you. I thought the ending was like, shocking ending but also i was like that's kind of a cop-out yeah um exactly it, but, it felt a little and it, it's based off a book who knows if the book ends that way but the i mean people who've read the book know it ends how it ends but um i <laughs> i was like eh, we could have done a little more with that yeah um yeah he's he's busy around this time though he does a second noah bombach movie uh while we're young which i was surprised at, like again it's just like this movie's premise is basically like like truly the aughts in bushwick were hell uh and like young people are the worst but Um, so are old people (laughs) that's the and and talk about that (laughs) i don't want to hang out with anyone in this movie (laughs) (laughs) no absolutely not he also has a bit part in this is where i leave you which i remember (laughs) watching in theater because i had read the book before and the book is very good um the movie is less so yeah. um though i do love connie Britton and anything she does she can do no wrong this is the movie where tina fey tries really hard to be a serious actress um it's uh, okay because she's doing the third uh hercule Poirot film so <laughs> she what yeah <laughs> you, you've not seen that trailer <laughs> yeah leave meeting um so. wow she said i'm back um I do th- like his entrance in the film. He like rolls up late to the funeral and like opens his arm real wide and goes, "Mommy." Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh, one of my one of my favorite deliveries of the movie is that when he sneaks through the backyard and then he runs into Jason Bateman's soon to be ex-wife. <laughs> I always knew there was something of a cold-hearted slut in you. Takes one to know one. Touche, pussycat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They do have some like I mean, I think some of like the spirit of the book of that like kind of whippersnapper type energy still exists um but yeah i don't know it was it's kind of like a celebrity salad scenario it's fine for what it is it's cute and endearing and harmless i enjoy it though i haven't read the book so no yeah i think that 
That's yeah, right for what it like is, harvest. for what it is, it's fine. It's nothing memorable or anything. And and I do like that. You know, we did an entire Jane Fonda episode, and the, there's a great bit of fun of like clearly Jane Fonda sanctioned making fun of her own plastic surgery, which is one of her big regrets. Correct. And and so I like that that like that she's quite capable of taking the piss out of herself too, because he even does have a lot where he's like, I see mom's new breasts have shown up. Yes. To the yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How exactly do you think you can add to the business? I can help you grow it. New locations and uh, and expanded lines. What? The only thing you've ever grown is weed. He was very good at it. Mommy, come on! I, I'm just saying he's very entrepreneurial. Worth noting that uh, Adam did win uh, the Volpe Cup for Best Actor yes. at Venice for Hungry Hearts, which... Casual. I mean, I had never heard this movie in my life. Um, it's, it's very good. So, there you go. Um, all right. 2014. Busy year already. <laughs> and then he gets a fucking phone call from J.J. Abrams and is like, hey, girly, want to talk Star Wars? Um, and yeah, he he's hesitant at first, uh, but J.J. convinces him and he's cast now, obviously, as the villain Kylo Ren um, in the reboot continuation whatever the fuck you want to call it of what do, um, what do they keep calling them in in the newer screen movies the requels requels, requels. <laughs> yeah i hate huh. it don't let it happen um you you hear a kid saying requels you slap them and tell them no <laughs> yes that's not a word uh yeah and so he's he's in the three you know uh tentpole star wars Reimaginings. I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, Just their, se- their their episodes. They're late. You know. Like, yes. I, yes. I had to. I told this story on Twitter, but I'm gonna do it here anyways because you know whatever. Uh, I had to buy a new phone earlier this week and our last week, and they had Star Wars on in the background because it was Star Wars Day, and it was the right, sure. it was the end of A New Hope, which is the first of the originals. Yes. And the guy serving me was like. I don't love these prequels, but they're pretty fun. And I was just like, oh. I'm like the, the oldest human alive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Kill me. Um, yeah. I Okay. So here's the, the hot goss with me and Star Wars, specifically these three. I can't remember which ones I've seen. I, <laughs> I know I have seen at least the first one. A part of me thinks I have seen the second one. I for sure have not seen the third one. You're not uh, as much. Yeah, I grew up loving Star Wars. I will admit that my love for the series has definitely dwindled these last few years, but I was really excited when they announced that he was going to be in it, and I remember before they even confirmed that he was going to be the villain of this new trilogy, I was so excited because a lot of people were like, who's this Adam Driver guy? I mean, I know that he was on Girls at the point at that point, and not everyone had watched it, But a lot of people are like, oh, I can't wait to see what this Adam Driver guy does. And honestly, he's the big highlight of this trilogy. It's funny because the character starts off shitty, but his performance gets better as the series progresses, which is strange because the films got so much worse as they progressed. (laughs) So luckily, he was the saving grace of that trilogy. You could say what you want about the character. The character was not the best, but... Honestly, he made that character work as well as he did, and it was cool that he got to shine in this big juggernaut of a franchise, and it's great that because without this, I don't know if he would be as popular as he is, maybe amongst the independent film community, sure, but now everybody knows who Adam Driver is because of Star Wars. 
Yeah, he said he has kids still stop him on the street and be like, you're Kylo Ren. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I I agree, except for the fact that I do. I think The Last Jedi is the is the shiny bobble of the of the three, which I know is. I, I do. Con- I do. I do like The Last Jedi, too. And, and I know that's controversial, whatever. I also grew up with Star Wars, but I'm not one of those people like I I try not to be too nerdy and precious about them so but i yeah i i really despise the last one i think he i think speaking of his performance specifically he provides an interesting parallel because a lot of the things people complained about with the original trilogy was that luke was very whiny which is very funny because then the conversation got like no he's the ultimate hero why would he act the way he does in the last jedi and it's like well i don't know everybody complained that he was whiny for 30 years but um i think what's interesting about kylo ren is He's very whiny in a similar manner. And, and, and like it's it's an interesting lineage between even though he is a nephew of Luke Skywalker, not a, a direct lineage, it is that like interesting of like Anakin, Luke, Kylo, or Ben, if you will. And all his three, Christian name. His Christian <laughs> name. <laughs> the uh it's the one that he, you know, when you tap him on grinder, that's the one you have to call him. Shut the um, fuck the, <laughs> Jesus Christ. The was that too much? No. Um, I think it's. I think it's an interesting. Like there is an interesting parallel to be drawn. Obviously, uh, you know, I don't want to stay too long on Star Wars, even though you're right, Brian. It's the it's the biggest. Like he is known because of Star Wars, but I I think what's hinders obviously this last trilogy or the current trilogy is that it, there was no plan going through mm-hmm. and the the others were so meticulously planned and they had an arc and everything going in and sure there were changes that were made as they were making the films but like they they knew what the overall bones of it were and this one they clearly didn't and so you get great you get moments like oscar isaac being like somehow palpatine's returned and, mm-hmm. and uh-huh, you don't uh-huh. and you don't want that uh so but yeah i think he is i agree with you brian i think he's kind of the highlight unfortunately because everybody else is a little underwritten yeah um, i think like he also just has the specific skill set like he's such a uh intense like presence he knows how to scowl he knows how to like ruffle his brow he has such an interesting face and the hair is so glorious and so he i mean he does uh have this like imposing presence and figure and so he is perfect for you know this deeply troubled deeply i don't know fucking upset and mad um man child that is kylo ren why did you hate your father give me an honest answer you had a father who loved you. He gave a damn about you. I didn't hate him. Then why? Why what? Why what? Say it. Why did you... Why did you kill him? I don't understand. No. Your parents threw you away like garbage. They didn't. They did. But you can't stop needing them. It's your greatest weakness. Looking for them everywhere. And Han Solo. Now it's Skywalker. And I think you both are right. And um, critics agree. Like, he's just the best. It's always so fun to see um, Adam Driver in this this, uh, series. And honestly, I think a lot of the weird movies that are coming up in his career would not have been made without um, his time in Star Wars. Period. 
Also, um, how is anybody going to win a lightsaber battle against him? He's got like a twelve foot reach. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, like, mm-hmm. yeah. just like just, just like holding their head. And, like, yeah, zzz, yeah. Zzz. yeah. <laughs> I got you from over here. Um, <laughs> he, you know, his next big thing is twenty uh, sixteen silence, um, where he works with Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese's long in the works passion project. I watched this yesterday. Um, it, it, it is a long movie, but like very interesting. I think like it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like, oh my God, making this movie must've been so punishing for yeah. everyone involved. Mm-hmm. It's funny though, because Adam Driver, you know, obviously like he's, he's said in interviews, Scorsese is his favorite. So like, this is a real treat for him. And he only had glowing things to say about Scorsese, but he also said he's never worked with anyone like him before. Like they would literally, they'd literally go into scenes without any plans. And Scorsese was like, we'll figure it out together. You know, I mean, they had the script, but like, no, like blocking, blocking for the actors, no blocking for the cinematographer. Like he was like, we'll just sort of figure it out together. And it's so funny because the reverse of that, Liam Neeson has said that you know Scorsese was very concentrated and very focused, and hmm. the the littlest noise could like set him off, and so it's just, it just and Liam Neeson's worked with him before, so like maybe it was just the difference of, but uh, but yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't think they have any scenes together I'll, I'll right. either because you know I was like kind of like oh my god Adam Driver is not in a lot of this movie, no he's truly not, and I and I only say that because it is a long movie, um, two and- two hours and forty. Is yeah, and so yeah. he, so he's you know he plays a Jesuit priest from Por- Portugal. Por- was, yeah, Portugal. Um, <laughs> I said that like I just won trivia. Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> um, him and his Angels in America buddy. Um, now nah, I'm freaking Andrew Garfield. His name. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, Andrew yeah. Garfield. My Ky- my my father, Andrew Garfield. Kylo, uh, <laughs> Kylo Ren and Spider Man. Go to Japan to try and get I mean, back uh, Qui Gon Jin. Ra- I was gonna say Ras Al Ghul just to give a different flavor, I, but I was gonna say the dad from Taken. <laughs> Literally, I were so I worked at an AMC when Silence came out, and I remember someone comes up to me and they're like, "Oh, what's this Silence movie?" And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> Spider Man and Kyle Ren go to find Qui Gon Jin." They're like, "Sold. I want to go see that." And I'm like, "All right, it's not what you expect, but okay." Yeah, I was gonna Literally, say it's actually about the silence of God's voice and not yeah. hearing it um, and doubting your faith in religion and how that fucks you up. Uh, yeah, yeah a- I, I just watched it today for the first time, too. It's one of those few Scorsese that I'd not seen because I had heard it was a three-hour movie about Jesuit priests, and I was like, cool, not for me, but go, go, go on, work. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, it's beautiful and gorgeous. And like I, because of the sort of lack of Adam Driver in it, I I will not name it my five star review, but I don't think he's in a better film than Silence. I think f- Silence is fucking rocks. You know, what do we think about Adam Driver's accent work in this movie? I mean, if if you're gonna take him to task about it, you got to take Andrew Garfield to task too. Because the first time Andrew Garfield spoke, I was like, oh no, <laughs> not not their finest hour, <laughs> not their finest. <laughs> hours and, um, and i love that they both are like we're gonna do the portuguese and liam neeson's like great i'm irish yeah i'm yeah. still irish well i i was like are they doing a i mean first of all what the fuck does a portuguese accent sound like i don't know it sounds like they are you know just... I, I spent an hour layover in a portuguese airport so i know exactly i have no idea so, <laughs> so actually i'm an expert um no but at first i was like are they doing like a latin accent 
I only bring up Adam specifically because it felt a, even more foreign coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Um, famously, Andrew Garfield is a British person, so he yeah. has an accent. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Driver, it felt just like a little clunky coming out of his mouth. And I was like, oh. And, and also his character is very much kind of like the whinier one yeah. of the two. The Kylo so, Ren of the two. Yes, correct. <laughs> And so, like, it, 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 yeah, it, it has felt a little bit forced and strained. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Gavin, it's a Gorgina movie. Sick of being trapped in here all day. Eat. We don't even know if Father Ferreira is alive or dead. The villagers never even heard of him. These people are so frightened. It's fear all they have. And lice. They have us. We comfort them. How much longer can we do that? We asked for this mission, Francisco. We prayed for this in the exercises. God heard us then, and he hears us now. Well, then may he guide us to Ferreira so we can know the truth. Do you think it's because he has that, also because he has, like, such a... he has, First of all, he has a very specific... Because he does also have an accent. It's an American accent, but it's very regional. And he has, like, such a kind of baritone to his voice that, like, I, I think it all it all came into play, for me at least. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, part of me was, like, his diction was also just, like, very, like, I don't know what we are doing. I was like, yeah. It's too dangerous. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's a me, a priestio. Yeah, 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 there's a lot of that. Oh. Yeah. Um, noteworthy to say he lost 51 pounds yeah uh, and he looks it he's like, gaunt and he literally shot the like as soon as they wrapped force awakens he started losing all the weight for this they started shooting this like two maybe three months after force awakens wrapped filming that's crazy and i mean he was and, still, like, and he was still doing girls at the time too let's not forget about that either right yeah. Which is also really funny because apparently Andrew Garfield spent an entire year growing out his hair and getting that beard in oh the place. God. I and remember, I remember when he was doing press for Amazing Spider-Man two, yes. and he had that beard, and I'm like, "What is this?" And they're like, "Oh, he's doing a Scorsese movie. Oh, if he ever makes it, of course." I uh, I had never felt more kinship than somebody that can only grow that amount of facial hair over a year. I was like, <laughs> "Same, yeah, that would be me." <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I will tell our listeners if you um want like a very big epic historical yeah. drama, but also he- heavy stuff, also incredibly personal. I mean, it's yeah. it's just you know I think I think it plays a lot with the ideas of what people think of faith. I think we have a very yeah. odd concept of faith nowadays, where people kind of think faith is magic and faith is about wishing and sometimes they get answered and sometimes they don't. And this movie's really like, no faith is truly about devotion and truly. Right. Yeah. And also like a lot about colonialism. There's yes. a, there was a big part of me for a big part of this movie where I was like, well, if these fucking white people just yeah. didn't go to Japan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that's to... a, I was I, I was like, you know, the, I was like, these Japanese people definitely should not be killing people and mm-hmm. should not be torturing them in this way. But also like they've literally Giving you the parameters of how to yeah. fix this. Like they're like, we're fine, thanks. <laughs> His next movie is uh Jim Jarmusch's Patterson. Um 
Brian, Brian, wow. As a as a Jersey native, I I, I can sen- <laughs> I can sense the the devotion coming oh, from man. you. Hometown pride. Oh man, this is uh, th- this is top three New Jersey films of all time. <laughs> like, wow. This is, this is this is very high in terms of New Jersey films. This is a very special film for me. Uh, where I went to college in New Jersey, the next town over is Patterson, so it's kind of very sentimental to me. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about a very relaxing, laid-back film that really doesn't yeah. have much plot to it, I mean, this is a perfect candidate. And I know that there are people that watch this movie and they're like, it's so boring, nothing happens. Fuck like, off. What, fuck <laughs> off. Like, what the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. Why isn't he doing anything? You know, when he's driving the bus, they're like, oh, can he drive it at a certain speed or else it's going to explode? If you want to do that, <laughs> why, why don't you watch Speed instead, buddy? But, that movie has been made, in fact. Yeah, exactly. It's been made, and it's called Speed. But no, Patterson is really masterful, and it's such a different performance for Adam, especially compared to that year with the fact that he had Silence and this, mm-hmm. which are two drastically different films. Right. And it just showcases that he has so much range to everything that he brings. And I also love the subtle touch of how in the beginning of the movie – you see his little military photo. You see his photo at the it's start. His actual, yeah. yeah, his actual photo. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That's a nice little touch to it. No, I, Patterson, I mean, I could go on a whole spiel about it. I think I wrote an essay about it for one of my classes in college. Uh, wow. it's, it's It's just so incredible. And I will say, you know, I... Uh, I, I might buy, be one of the, I, I have questions for Jim Jarmusch. I'm like, what is going on? Um, I'm trying to be patient with you. I'm trying to understand. Um, the girlfriend to me felt very, <laughs> I was like, are you, are you fun? Are you good? Are you, um, are you an emotional terrorist? Like what's going on? Um, I, I did not like her, is what I will wow. say. Wow, I I think I think she gets a bad rap because I remember when the movie came out and there was there was a lot of like, what is he trying to say with this girlfriend? She's clearly like, uh, you know, like she she doesn't work and she's trying to be. But I think I think what she is is I think she's exactly what Patterson himself. But we should also explain that he is also named Patterson in the Correct. film. He's Patterson of Patterson, New Jersey, and. I think she's exactly what he wants out of life. Like she is the free spirit that he sort of wishes he could be, but everything's so internal with him and everything. That's why she keeps pushing him to like, you know, why don't you print your, your poems and why don't you, because she sees this like grand life for herself, which I don't think is bad because I don't think she's doing, I don't think she's doing anything destructive. It's not like she's like, you know, deranged. Like one of my favorite bits is she asks him for money to buy a guitar in these, these lessons and then she gets them and she actually fucking learns it. And I feel like in a lesser film, it would have been like she, they would have just sat in a corner and it just would have been like she's using him for his money. But I was like, oh, like this is actually like a nice thing. She's like genuinely is interested in learning the guitar. Maybe I'm just like I am uh, have been jaded by a cruel, cool world. But I was like, oh, she learned what is the song she learned it's like oh i've been working on the railroad like something easy but still she learned it in a day i couldn't learn it in a day i'll i know i mean it's just a so the move the the movie really centers around like you know that it's hard to be an artist you know it's hard to you know um I mean, th- there is a, a devastating scene at the end <laughs> yeah. with his notebook and um 
and just kind of how like how ephemeral art is i think her presence though is just a little bit too twee for me a little bit too like flighty girly like please promise me you will write your poems down it's like girl he he doesn't want to (laughs) (laughs) let him live um but uh yeah it's a it's a pretty movie i i just probably like not for me like not and my that's vibe. fine you know not everything's for everybody i do have to ask brian since uh since you have you ever been to the actual falls i uh, have been it's it's gorgeous yeah it's really pa- gorgeous pa- I, we, Patter- we went there Patterson a couple is, years ago too it was very is cool. not my favorite area it's not oh, exactly no. the best area and there are portions of the movie where you see that paris in new jersey is not the greatest area in the world but the falls are just so relaxing and so beautiful and you tend to forget you're like oh this is in this city. No disrespect to the people listening if you're from Paris and New Jersey, but <laughs> um, it, it, the falls are just very relaxed and beautiful. And, you know, you brought up, you know, a particular sequence with a book. And, you know, I love dogs so much. I, I love dogs. But, man, when it made me hate a certain dog for a while. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, just and just the way he like said, "I hate you, Marvin." Yeah, that's uh, literally my mood, dude. Literally, my that's mood. also like, she. She keeps telling him to fucking walk Marvin. I'm like, why don't you walk Marvin? Right. No, girly? and that I agree about that. She yeah, should like, take what, care of her own dog. Yeah, as someone who loves the movie, it's like, come on, girl. It's your you're you're home with the dog all day. Why does he need to go walk the dog? Yeah, um, I. He talked about that dog in an interview, and he was like, it was really, he, like, loves dogs. Um, Hates Halloween, which automatically makes him my enemy. I hate Halloween. I kept bothering her about getting a dog for a while. I think it was just, I was on a tangent at Halloween. Fucking Halloween, you know, like, what is ridiculous holidays, bullshit. If I had a dog, play with my dog on Halloween. I don't have to see fucking kids all the time. And she's like, well, I'm getting you a goddamn dog for your birthday, so shut up. And... I'm like, oh, really? Let's just go right now. Let's go get a dog right now. He loves dogs, and he's like, yeah, I was supposed to hate the dog in that movie, and that dog and I just got along so well. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, but the dog's dead now. So I was like, what? Okay, plot twist. Yeah, dark darkness, Adam Driver. Um, We can move on from Patterson. Yeah, so I mean, like, we're now in the era of him kind of just, like, being a fucking weirdo. Going back to, like, you know... uh, Atour kind of uh, just weirdo shit. He makes again uh, it with Noah Baumbach the Meyerowitz stories. Yeah, he's in one scene. One yep. scene. He does uh, Steven Soderbergh's Logan Lucky, which I hadn't seen before. Super fun. Super like yeah, Soderberghy. It's 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 fine. It's not my favorite. It's kind of an excuse for everybody to put on a silly wig and to do mm-hmm. a silly yeah. accent. Yeah, and that's the. <laughs> and he has one arm in it. He does. He has mm-hmm. one arm. Yeah, and th- and that's actually the 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 like him making the drink is a very cool scene. But then it's f- fucking Seth MacFarlane's in that scene. So I'm just Seth like, MacFarlane <laughs> is the one. Like I'm like, why him? Like what? It, it ticks me out. That's um, that's Soderbergh for you. That's Soderbergh being like, let me fuck with everybody. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. And then f- famously, you know, we're now in 2017, 2018. Um, he hooks up with Spike Lee to make Black Klansman. Um, we talked about Black Klansman in our Spike Lee episode. Yeah. Um, and I, I could not rewatch this movie. I, I have, yeah. I saw it in theaters. I was radiating after I finished watching this movie. It is at the time and, and still now, obviously, but like at the time it was just so topical. Mm-hmm. Like the ending of the movie literally ends with fucking the, 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 the white, uh, nationalist fucking marches and rallies that were happening like 
a year prior, you know, um, it, it's it's a very um, effective movie. I will say, I, from what I remember, I didn't think that Adam Driver, uh, for me at least, is like the standout of it. Like, there's so much going on. He is just the vehicle for like white people to get into this movie. It, y- yes and no. He's the physical presence. Yes, <laughs> for John David Washington's uh, character to to. Uh, you know, ingratiate himself with the Ku Klux Klan, and it, it's based off a true story. And he he did get to meet the real guy, I believe, but the real guy didn't want to be involved with the movie at all. And um, I I mean, I think you're right. He's certainly not to me. He's not the like standout. He's certainly not the reason you go see the movie. But I think he plays such an interesting part because he is the. John David Washington sees him as a guy who is also an outsider, but right. also can get away with passing, who can ingratiate right. himself with all these other bigoted white people. And it's so I think there's an interesting dichotomy there. But yeah, I mean, I guess I may, may, may maybe you've talked me into it that he's not. I also haven't seen it in a while because it is a hard movie to watch. It's a good movie. It's a very good movie. I don't want to say anything negative about it, but it is certainly not a joy. Not a fun watch. Uh, what do you think, Brian? Uh, yeah, it's not exactly the most uplifting watch. There are some moments of comedy to be found in it, for sure. Some of that spikely comedy to be injected in it. And the banter between John David Washington and Adam Driver is really, really excellent. I think they work off each other really beautifully. And I really liked Adam's performance as Flip in this. I don't know if it was like Oscar caliber material. I'm certainly happy he got an Oscar nomination for this because it felt nice to finally say Oscar nominee Adam Driver. Right. But <laughs> but I don't think you walk out of this movie being like, oh, Adam Driver is the reason to see this. Honestly, John David Washington, to me, was the real reason why people should yeah. go see this. Really solid film, though, and I think it's cool that Adam and Spike got to work together. Lose that Jewish necklace around your neck. Jimmy, it's not a Jewish necklace, it's a Star of David. Okay. Flip, you're Jewish? I don't know, am I? You go see this movie because it's a Spike Lee movie. Like, mm-hmm. and there are no fucking misses of Spike. Um, and yeah, I, it, but again, like, hard watch. I wonder if it would be different now with a couple years removed I- from... I don't know because you know, I feel like we're I feel like we're now moved back into a time where we're lying to ourselves about it. So like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's it's right. You're right. We're still in it. I yeah. just remember being very raw about it. Yeah, that year. Um, he again, he's on his weirdo freak shit with uh, Terry Gilliam's "The Man Who Killed Don Quixote." Oh, um, I. Oh had no fucking idea what I was getting into with this movie. Uh, it's, it is just weirdo freak shit. It's just weirdo freak shit. Um, we'll probably get back to that. Let's just put a, <laughs> let's just put a pin in her. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm fine with not talking about it right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's not, let's not one of, let's one wait. of his, no, just no. Um, in 2019, he does the report, which I quite liked, actually. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's, uh, but also again, like, it's a very political, topical. Like, we're still in this fucking moment. Like, it's it's wild that we're still in this moment because this report is literally about the fucking uh, 9/11 and how we treated like prisoners. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's the it's the like um, less. It's it's like Zero Dark Thirty if Zero Dark Thirty weren't as sensational and like that's the whole it's the right. le- and I do think that that hurt like and not sensate not because it's 
less sensational, but it is for me, this one was a little more if if Patterson was boring to you, this was a little more. I thought the really? information Yeah, I thought the information was great, but I'm like, just make a documentary. I will sit through a documentary, you know, but I, I thought it was fine. I think he's very good in it, but it's it's not my favorite. Um, it's funny. I I'll, I remember thinking like, oh, this is kind of like pro Feinstein propaganda. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's very that's like, true. That what, Annette Benning plays fucking Feinstein. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like, listen, Diane Feinstein has arguably done good things in her career. Yeah. She currently is not. Um, yeah. Like, people are, say it with me, complicated, layered. Um, <laughs> two things can be true. Yes, two things can be true. Um, it's around this time where he goes back to Broadway and does burn this. He, like, people are obsessed with him in this performance. He gets a Tony um, nomination for Best Actor in a Play. Um, and, and, then he, and then he's right. He's spending those Star Wars checks, baby. Yeah. Uh, because next up he does again with Jim Jarmusch, The Dead Don't Die, which for me, again, for me, freak shit. Does oh, weirdo yeah. freak shit movie. Oh yeah, no, you're I think I think the agreement's all around on this one. It's bad. It's real bad. It's um, it's not very honestly, it's at its best when it's just Adam Driver and Bill Murray just driving around. I really think that's where the film shines. And Chloe Savini is there too, and she's yeah. always a delight. But no, this is not the win that I would have expected after pumping out something great like Patterson. I, you know, I was excited for it. I'm like, oh, a zombie comedy? Sure. Right. Why not? With this cast? Sure, I'm in. But where um, are the jokes? Yeah. Where, where are, are the, the jokes? jokes? Where's the Honest, comedy? Honestly, if he could get nominated for an Academy Award for just the way he says ghouls. So what are you thinking? You, you really want to know? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, zombies. Ghouls. That would be it, but that <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. a movie does not make. And so no. Yeah, I, it's, it's so boring and bad. It's bizarre. And... I was like, why did we cast Selena Gomez? For nothing? Yeah, for for nothing. literally nothing? Okay, cool. Like there's literally. so many just like nothing. So once again, I reiterate. Jim Jarmusch, I have questions. There's a lot of great stuff in his career, Louis, I will admit, but there's there's some bad stuff too, and this okay. is and, unfortunately and, and, the, and the reviews are mixed. Every, every pile, every life is a pile of good and bad things. There you go. <laughs> the dead don't die. Is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Um same year though, luckily his good old buddy Noah Bombach has another movie for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is Netflix's marriage story. Mm-hmm. Um it premieres at Venice and you know, this movie quickly becomes one of Netflix's shining jewels in that year's Oscar race. Um, he gets a nomination for Best Actor. Um, yeah, I, this I I, I I had seen this movie, rewatched the movie. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, I think this is my. I mean, this is clearly my favorite Noah Baumbach film, and and I think like it's his masterwork. Um, it's so interesting and layered. I know there's a lot of people who don't like it. I can't imagine that it's i can't imagine why you know and i think like you know we we talked about (laughs) we like joked about the fact that the whole jennifer jason lee thing and you know but i think there's a lot of that there's a lot of personal stuff that's clearly involved in this movie and and that's what really makes it work is the unlike 
the characters I uh, in a lot of Noah Baumbach's films that I find very annoying. These feel very real, very lived in people. And also, like, divorce sucks for everyone. So, Every single person is impacted in a negative way. And it's uh-huh. yeah, hurt, painful and it hurts. And I like that this movie doesn't have a clear villain. It's funny. I, I think there are some people who think there's a clear villain. If there is, I'm you need to go to therapy because that's <laughs> on you. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, it's it's a fascinating film and such a good performance. My only thing, and I know I'm in the minority of this, I do not care for the the being alive performance mm. that Adam Driver gives. And I know it's like a highlight for a lot of people. Doesn't work for me. It's mm. like too on the nose. I was right. like, I, I, I like get it. As a, as a fan of company, like I got it. You don't have to sing being oh. alive for me. Ryan, tell him. What, 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 do, you, <laughs> yeah. what, do, you, what do you think, Ryan? No, it's uh, it's so good. It's just so <laughs> good. Oh my God. <laughs> not, 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 not. Wow. The, the lobby card. Uh, I... Uh, <laughs> I, Ryan I like the performance. <laughs> if it was in a if it was in a different film, I think it would be fine. But it just was like too like. No, I I get it. I get it. And I remember when I saw that at NIF. I remember I I got out of the movie right after it was done, and someone's like, "Why did he sing Being Alive?" <laughs> it was, <laughs> what me. was the point. It was me. Yeah. What was the <laughs> What was the point of that? It probably was you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, no but, that was, but that, i mean i understand why it's i absolutely understand yeah, yeah. why it's there i kind of like it i kind of like the idea is like yeah i'm gonna be embarrassing for a fucking minute fucking live with it okay like <laughs> life is embarrassing i just have to go through this whole fucking shit um and, and yeah i i i'll just never ever forget like them going through like the divorce proceedings and they're being like should we get lunch guys what do you think yeah that's amazing that is, i mean laura, <laughs> that, laura dern in the movie is I yeah. will say famously. I'll have the kale, I'll have the kale salad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is something that a lot of people find so weird about me. So there are times where I'm at work and I need something in the background to help the time go quickly. <laughs> when this movie came out when I was a senior in college, I would oh, play this on loop. Yeah, I'm a child. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an infant, basically. And... Um, I would play this on loop a lot just in the background and like the screenplay just helps me like speed things along. It's so incredibly well written. I don't know why it's weird because this is not the most uplifting movie in the world. (laughs) But for some weird reason, sometimes these very heartbreaking movies help keep me motivated to like keep going for some weird reason. And I can't relate to this movie at all because my parents are still together. So it's <laughs> You're hard. not divorced? No, I'm not divorced myself. But um, <laughs> no, it's it's just so incredible. And Adam, I think, should have won the Oscar for this. I think it's kind of disappointing that he didn't win the Oscar. And I, okay. uh, and I love Joaquin. I think he's a great actor, of course. But I think they just awarded him for Joker just because like – all right, here you go. Here's your Oscar. But I I love Marriage Story so much, and I've seen it way more times than I probably could have ever imagined. And it, yeah, I agree with with Gavin. It's I think it's Noah Baumbach's masterpiece. I think it's his best film, and I don't know if he'll ever be better than this. I really don't think he'll ever top this. Okay, we're almost uh, you know to the present day in 2021. He does. On more kooky freak shit, um, Annette, <laughs> Annette, Annette, which um, is him and Marianne Cotillard as uh, artists who have a puppet baby. Another long ass movie. Um, I think Annette has a good gag. It just takes too long to get there for me. Um, a- I do, I do like that Adam Driver plays maybe the world's worst and yet for some reason most famous stand up comedian. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's he's. Like- <laughs> 
it's just like a, I, I will say it's a beautiful movie. It looks gorgeous. Oh yeah, look, I mean, nobody's ever accused Karax of making bad movies, like in terms of looks. But mm-hmm. this is this para mi. Not, not for, so much. Not, yeah, not for you. Not, not for not, me. Not for me either. But oh wow. Okay, good. I, I, not I, for I, me. I mean, Louis I, and I have both been very nervous <laughs> about having a guest who wanted to talk about Adam Driver because we're like, how long are we gonna have to talk about Annette? I, I of just, I'm to. in the. I'm literally in the middle. There's things that I love about it, and there's things that I don't love about it. Yeah, and Adam is stuff. Adam's one of the highlights of it for sure. I yeah. also love that essentially he's kind of playing an evil version of Bo Burnham. So I kind of <laughs> like that he takes elements of that and then places him into this. Um, that and took also, too long to hit and, my brain, but it and, worked. And also, like, you know, you brought up Marion Cultiard. She's great. But honestly, is it weird for me to say that the standout of the movie was Simon Helberg? I thought yeah, he was no. awesome in this. I honestly, I was shocked. I was genuinely shocked by how good he was in this. I will, I, I'm sure, in my lifetime, revisit Baby Annette performing at the Super Bowl many times. Um, I don't know if I will revisit the movie as a whole. Yeah. Um, he does Ridley Scott's The Last Duel again, working with auteurs. Yeah, Ridley Scott just has him on speed dial during that year. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. he got, because I mean, I feel like you should just talk about yep. him together. Like he also does House of Gucci. Like yes. that's, you and know, when he famously bangs Lady Gaga. And, yeah. Oh, it's, oh, and it's hot. And it's hot. Oh, it's hot. <laughs> I uh, I will say that I mean I don't I don't know how much you want to talk about Last Duel I don't want to breeze over it if anybody has any like deep thoughts about it I know it was like controversial when it came out people hated it they loved it I saw it I was like this is fine whatever medieval um, <laughs> um, for House of Gucci uh, I will stand by this that movie is a comedy uh-huh. it's structured mm-hmm. like a comedy mm-hmm. the only people who knew that were Lady Gaga and Jared Leto. I'm not a Jared Leto fan. I think he's amazing in that movie. He's yeah. so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Poor Adam Driver is playing the straight man to like fucking Lady Gaga working at at level 14. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and so like, I mean, literally there's a, there's a scene where they're like, everything's going to be great now. And then it cuts to them moving to New York and the soundtrack plays Here Comes the Rain Again by Uri Mix. I was like, this it's comedy. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. comedy. <laughs> yeah. Patrizia is not like that. Well, I had Franco do a little investigation. I think she's after your money, like they all are. The Reggianis are truck drivers. Her father has a very successful transportation business. It is a... It is an empire. Oh, oh, oh. a truck driving empire. How many? How many what? How many trucks? 5,500? What does he transport? Garbage? Huh? Mafia. No one got the memo. The assignment (laughs) was misunderstood. Like, to literally go from a medieval epic to a comedy. It's like Um, the um, range from Ridley Scott. A medieval epic about sexual assault, Mm -hmm. too, nonetheless. Yeah. Ridley Scott's getting out his Rashomon roots in in Last Duel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think... Yeah, I think I, Adam looks the part. I just don't yeah. know that. Uh, again, accent work perhaps is not yeah. his no, forte. Not not his best. Not his best. Last duel. I I love the last duel. I was very disappointed that it didn't do super well financially. But to be honest, a lot of the people that are like, why didn't this do well financially? I mean, you have to keep in mind the subject matter of the film is very right. gruesome and very tough. But also, this was still at the point where people were slowly making their way back to theaters. So right, had right. this come out, you know. 
now, maybe? I, I don't know. I really have no idea how this would have done if it came out now in 2023, where people are now pretty much going back to the movies and everything. But House of Gucci, I mean, it, it was fun to watch. I had a good time watching it with my friends, but it's a one-time watch, and that's never going to... If yeah. if I if I ever sit down to watch that again, I have to be under the influence. I can't be sober <laughs> when I watch that. Absolutely. Um, last two things he's been in. Uh, last year, he was in White Noise. Uh, we like talked about it a little bit in our um, John Cheadle episode. Um, again, freak shit movie. Uh, D- D- Noah Baumbach has something to say. I don't know what it is. Um, he does know, like, congrats to whoever it was that designed that grocery store that they do that big dance number mm-hmm. at the end. That was cute. Um, beyond that, Sorry, sweetie. I, I don't know what that movie is about. Big step down. Big step down from Marriage Story. Huge step down from Marriage Story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, a, you know, it was his first attempt to adapt something because it's Don DeLillo novel and it's not my cup of tea. I mean, literally, the the, the two names, Noah Baumbach and Don DeLillo together is my nightmare. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it either. But yeah, like you said, fun fun dance number at the end. So a great dance number. number. And great that's not spoiling number. anything because Netflix fucking put it in their trailer. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> and then he's just started this year, the movie 65, which I don't think is a real movie. I don't think humans have seen this movie. I saw I it. I haven't seen it. I haven't I seen it. Where? It's, it's available to rent now. It's in, it like lasted like a week in theaters, Louis. You can... <laughs> I don't know. This seems like a psyop to me. <laughs> it is. This is a test. Um, yeah, it exists. Great. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, and, 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 you know, uh, that's kind of like where we at now for him. Um, in his personal life, he has been married for a long time. Uh, his partner, Joanne Tucker, uh, they got married in 2013. They, they um, met at Juilliard, I believe. So she's like a, a college sweetheart, essentially. Yeah. They have a son. They're very private about, you know, I mean, she's very private. They're private about their son. Um, allegedly, she is pregnant with their second child. Congrats mm. to them. Uh, they live in Brooklyn Heights. Gavin, we should go find them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he how, wants that. <laughs> how, do you feel about, how do you feel about some light stocking, Gavin? Let's <laughs> get into that. Um, um, he founded the Arts and the Armed Forces, a yes. nonprofit um, that performs theater for all branches of the military in the United States and abroad, which is very fucking cool. Yeah, I've I've heard him talk about this. This actually does sound really cool, and it's very and I one of the things I loved about listening to him talk about it too is he said you know they they try and be very choosy about what they pick. It's something we started at Juilliard, my second year at Juilliard, where like really for the first time I was working on all these great playwrights like Lanford Wilson who wrote Burn This and you know Tony Kushner and things where I, I was articulating things for myself that I was never able to articulate before. Uh, because, you know, using words wasn't really part of my upbringing, you know, to express a feeling, nor is it really uh, part of a military life. I saw being in the military how my unit or my group of guys, so much anger and tension came from not being able to art- just, you know, mm-hmm. say it, to find the words and, um, uh, and, and put it to a feeling. So I, well, I tried to reach out through, you know, very established Veterans organizations were like, well, maybe we could read this this play. True West is initially what we wanted to do, and I feel like they'll get, you know, what it is that we're. Yeah. And everyone like, no, the military doesn't. The plays don't fit the military demographic. They'd rather see uh, San Diego Chargers cheerleaders. Whenever 
a group of people, you know, especially that's not part of their, you know, uh, socioeconomic upbringing, like won't understand something because it's supposed to be considered like above them, you know, and because of your background, you won't mm -hmm. get it. it. Just makes me furious. So we established this. We just paid up for it our own. Julia paid for our first production. We went to. Uh, Camp Pendleton, and we just—I just picked monologues that I thought that had nothing to do with the military at all. That I thought were funny and diverse in age and race, like the military audience is. Yeah. And then we read it, and they got it immediately. You know, when you take out theater outside of New York, yeah. you kind of forget how much of a weapon it is, and how people still really care about language. And you know, we did this one monologue from um, this play called. Uh, China by Scott Organ. Oh, it's about like an employer reprimanding her employee for not wearing a bra. And all of the, the male Marines were walking out of it being like, I thought the whole thing was good to go. I liked it, like the plays. I thought that one monologue was an attack on us a little bit that um, we have a system in place for why we do things. And they read it as like, you know, you know, uh, an, an attack on you know be, uh, the, uh, the uniform basically mm -hmm. and procedure and like why why things are the way they are and, and all the uh, female marines were walking out being like I loved all of the monologues especially that one because I know what it's like to be a, a female <laughs> in a very male dominated society I have yeah. to wear a cover I have to like dress like a man wear a shapeless uniform so I'm like oh I, th I think that and I didn't think about that at all it speaks to how much you know his limited time in the armed forces really affected him um and whether or not you are supportive of the fucking american <laughs> industrial complex that is um the fucking military like there are real people who right are out there you know literally sacrificing everything he thought if he could extend that to other people who needed it like it was it's a good thing and i think that's a i think that's a noble cause absolutely all right that wraps up adam driver why don't we get into our picks uh let's do our one star reviews brian as our guest of honor you get to go first and tell us what your one star review is okay I'm going to go with White Noise as my one-star review. Ooh. Um, look, as we were talking about and how I just brought up how this was such a massive downgrade from the brilliance of Marriage Story, I mean, it shows. And, you know, I know that the source material was apparently, like, unadaptable. I have yeah. not read the book. I have no idea what happens in the book. So I, mean, I cannot... I cannot say if it was faithful or not, or I'm sure it was. I'm sure it's Bob weirdly up faithful. That's which, the <laughs> which is good. That's that's good. But at the same time, and I appreciate the fact that Bombach was doing something completely out of his wheelhouse. But sweetie, not a not a win. Sorry. And Adam, <laughs> he did good in it, but it was it had no idea what it wanted to be. It was a road trip movie. It was an apocalyptic movie. It was a comedy. It was a family drama. It was a it, thriller at times. It's like. I hated so many kids. tones in once, and it just doesn't make sense. And also, it wants that Delilio edge, and he, you know, once again, this comes from the book, but like he's like a Hitler scholar, yeah. and the joke is he can't even speak German. Picture Hitler near the end, trapped in his Fuhrer bunker beneath the burning city. He looks back to the early days of his power when crowds came. Mobs of people overrunning the courtyard, singing patriotic songs, painting swastikas on the walls, on the flanks of farm animals, 
Crowds came to his mountain villa. Crowds came to hear him speak. Crowds erotically charged. The masses he once called his only bride. Crowds came to be hypnotized by the voice. And it's yeah. like, oh, spare me. And then that third <laughs> ad's where he's trying to track down someone. It's like, okay, now we're doing a noir type of thing. Like, what is going on here? Yeah, uh, hated all the kids. I hate children actors that are bad. And the kids <laughs> here were not great. I also think Greta is weirdly like miscast here. Yeah, she is. I, she is. I, yeah, I, he like I remember cutting the talkbacks and her being like, Noah was like, I can't see anybody else but you play this. And then I saw it and I was like, Really? <laughs> I was like, Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and and and. It, I just I just remembered that whole saga about like her and like the guy who like is abducting women and like mm-hmm. just like icky stuff, icky icky, not great stuff. Um, yeah, all over the place, just truly all over the place. And like, I'm glad I guess Don Cheadle got an above the name like fucking yeah. thing on there, but like he is not in this movie a lot. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, a good good pick, Brian, because uh, white noise is um, nonsense. Um, Gavin, what do you got? I'm actually gonna go back a little farther, uh, just because I had. I think there's. I don't want. I don't want to be mean. I think there's plenty here that you could name as a one star view, depending on how you feel about a movie, depending on how you feel about Adam's performance. But I'm gonna go to 2013's The F Word, also known as What If. Wow, 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 wow. I hate this movie. <laughs> okay. I hate this movie. You mentioned uh, the girlfriend in um, Patterson feeling like twee nonsense. This whole movie was twee nonsense. It was yes. absolutely, I I could not stand these characters. I didn't want to be with them. I thought Daniel Radcliffe's character was like ma- basically an incel. I love Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> I, I, think he's, I think he's so good and so funny outside of this. Zoe Kazan... I don't know, babe. Whatever. You're doing your thing. <laughs> um, uh, Mackenzie Davis, one of my favorite working actors nowadays. Yes. Why is she in this movie? Yeah. Why is she in... Adam Driver, essentially, this is a movie where uh, Jenna Radcliffe plays this guy named Wallace. He meets uh, Chantry. Uh, Zoe Chantry. Kazan. Chantry. Chantry. Um, and... Let's sit on that for a while, guys. Chantry. And he's fresh <laughs> off a breakup. And by fresh off a breakup, I mean it's been a year. And okay. he's like still obsessing over his previous girlfriend. Sure. And he meets Zoe Kazan, but she's busy dating Rafe Spall. And <laughs> uh, the whole movie is a will they, won't they, who cares? I certainly didn't. And uh, it, it was just really frustrating. I mean, I got to the point where essentially Jana Radcliffe accidentally pushes Rafe Spall out a window at one point for yuck yucks. <laughs> and I was like, Come on, guys. But we're here to talk about Adam Driver. Adam Driver plays the asshole friend in it. And I I used to belong to a writing group, and we would talk about writing scripts and whatnot. And I had a friend of mine who was writing a kind of a rom-com of of a same situation uh, that I would have hoped would have turned out better. And there was a character in this screenplay that I was always like, "I, I don't understand why this man is friends with any of these people because he's truly just an asshole. He's a complete id and it doesn't make any sense as to why, like if you can't give him some sort of heart, some sort of depth, 
Why is he in this film? And that's Adam Driver's character, Alan. He famously has this line, the one of the only funny lines in the movie, where he's like shouts that he just had sex and now he's have, having waffles. It's the best day of his life. Nachos. Like, nachos. At least say it correctly. Nachos. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he just had sex and he's now having nachos. Congrats. Um, <laughs> those weren't nachos. Those were literally just chips with cheese. I just had sex. I'm about to eat nachos. It's the greatest moment of my life. Unless you screw it up with whatever it is you're about to say. It's about your cousin. She's my cousin. It's like incest. She's not my cousin. Yeah, but you're like my brother, so it's like my brother asking my advice on how to incestuously bang my cousin. No, I'm not. She well, she has a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. He's been coming over for Thanksgiving and Christmas for the past five years. It's just not for me. There's like animation in the movie to like represent their love fl- fleeting away. It was all, I was just like, who is this for? And why and how? I mean, and it cost eleven million to make this movie. Yeah, it could have just not. It's it's funny. I mean, like this is the era twenty thirteen indie yeah. nonsense. Everyone was trying to be adorkable. Yeah, well, that's I was like, this is one hundred days of su- or five hundred yep. days of summer. Like, stop yep. it. Like, yep. Redux. Yeah. Um, not for me. Good pick, Gavin. Uh, my one star review <laughs> is absolutely. 2018's The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Yeah. I, I figured it was. <laughs> I cannot believe that this movie exists. Cannot believe that good old Terry Gilliam spent 25 years. Yeah, I was going to say almost 30 years. Trying mm-hmm. to make this. Um, it, 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 this is not a defense in any means, because I also did not like this movie at all. In fact, I left this movie being like, what was the fucking point? Like, what are you trying to say? You're yes. literally saying nothing. Um, but the script changed a lot. It used yes. to be, a, it was a thing about time travel. Cause there's some really great documentaries about that are worth watching. If you, if you care about the artistic pro- process, but this, the final product is embarrassing to say the least. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very embarrassing. It's student film level. Kookity bookity. Um, to try and sum up the plot. Um, there is this man, Toby, who is a film director. He's very asshole kind of guy. He once upon a time made um, a movie called The Man Who Killed Don Quixote as a student. Uh, and now he is big shot director guy. He's remaking the movie, I believe. Or he's making a Don Quixote movie as a big time director. Um, it is not going well. He is in Spain. He is recalling the days of shooting the movie as a college student. He starts running into people who were in that movie, including the man who played Don Quixote in that movie, who now thinks he is the real Don Quixote. Um, And then, honestly, I don't know what the fuck. Um, (laughs) is he losing his mind? Is he time traveling? Is everyone doing cosplay to trick this guy to make the movie? I, I, I simply do not know. I simply do not know. All I know is that there's bits, bits, bits that, uh, amount to nothing. Um, I think Adam Driver doesn't know what he's doing. I think he is taken by... Artistry. 
and the passion to make something happen. You know, I think he was like Star Wars fatigued and wanted to make something that was artistic. And it's just a fucking mess. I'm not Sancho. No. And you're not Don Quixote. No, 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 you Sancho. Oh, Sancho, Sancho is you must rescue me from these enchanters. Huh? Please, Sancho, save me. Take me away, Sancho. Okay, yeah. I'm a little late for something now, but maybe... No, Sancho! Sancho. All right, please, Sancho. Sancho. All right, let go. All right, let me out! Let Sancho, me out, please! please, 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 please go. It certainly is a take on the tale of Don Quixote. I, I thought I was going to watch a movie about, like, the classic tale of Don Quixote. But, Mama? <laughs> I, this is... It, We've talked a lot before on this podcast about artsy-fartsy nonsense. And, like, there is no movie I have seen in this entire project, Gavin, that we have done over the past (laughs) five, six years that fits the bill more than this. I mean, this fucking guy spent almost 30 years and over 16 million pounds on this pile of steaming shit. Um, My God, I cannot believe. Um... I think that's a good pick, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good pick. Let's get out of here. Let's get into our five-star reviews. Brian, I have a feeling I know what your five-star review is, but why don't you tell the kids? Yeah, so my five-star review is Marriage Story. I can't really add on anything else that I haven't said already, but it's I think it's Ab's best performance. I think it's the best film that he's been in. I think it's one of the best performances of the past 10 years. Wow. And I, I that's a high pedestal to have this performance on, but it really is a true masterclass of acting from him and obviously everyone surrounding him. I mean, the movie would really not work as well as it does if it weren't for him and ScarJo delivering caliber, awards caliber performances, and they both knock it out of the park. And... Again, for someone like me who's never experienced anything that's gone down in this movie, I felt like I was able to relate to it in some capacity. I felt like this movie was so universal in its themes and its topics that really anyone could relate to it and find something to take away from this movie. And it's going to be hard for Adam to be in a project that tops this. I I really don't know if he'll ever be in anything better than this. And I mean, I'm not saying that I don't want him to be in anything better than this, and I hope he is in someone that's on the same level as this, but Marriage Story to me is the best movie that Adam Driver has been in, and it's the best acting that he's done. And really, I mean, what else can you say that hasn't been said already about this truly, truly beautiful film? It's interesting that you talk about its universality because what we talk about a lot in the show is that the thing that works the best that affects universality is specificity. And Mm -hmm. that's what makes the movie so good is it is this very specific story. It's a very specific story about this specific divorce, Mm -hmm. but because it's so well drawn, the characters are so well drawn. They feel lived in. They're delivering human lines and they're there. You, a person who has never experienced, uh, can, can, feel those same emotions and you you understand it and it and it hits a deeper truth for you and i to use a a a different noah bombach film i remember when i was in college squid and the whale came out and i hated it and my roommate at the time i was like yeah i didn't get it i didn't relate to it i wasn't and he was like you don't like it because your parents are still together and i was like 
I was like, if I have to come into a film with my own homework, <laughs> right. then it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And I still stand by that. And I think that's what Marriage Story works really well on is like, yeah, it's it's like, quote unquote, universal because everybody sort of relates to it. But it's also like an insular tale that that makes sense enough for the audience that it, it all connects in beautiful pick wonder like i uh, i yeah i think he's so good in that movie brian and it's just yeah yeah i I, i'll skip ahead and say like that 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 is my five-star review as well it's just i think adam driver is the best at just conveying like the complex emotions of like what it is to be human and and to what you said gavin earlier like there are no villains this movie because these people for all their problems, like respect each other and have this kid that they're trying to do right by. But like, there's just all these moments, like the scene where he gets served the papers by Merritt Weaver. That fucking scene's so good. And she's like, no shit. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> she's so funny. Oh, that's, that's a great scene. Her, she walks in, walks back out, walks yeah. in and everything. <laughs> the pie it's pecan. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And what I love about her is she feels she feels like an anti Noah Bombach character. She feels like she shouldn't work in a Noah Bombach movie. It's yeah. glorious. Yeah, but I think in that moment, like you know, he he's just able to convey sadness in a very deep way, but optimism at the same time. Um, he's kind of naive. Like he's showing all these like really aggressive human emotions that are hard to explain and hard to like put on your face. But he's really able to give it all. And then when he that famous scene where him and ScarJo erupt and he fucking punches through the wall. I was a director in my 20s who came from nothing and was suddenly on the cover of fucking Time Out New York. I was hot shit and I wanted to fuck everybody and I didn't. And I loved you and I didn't want to lose you. But I'm in my 20s and I didn't want to lose that too and I kind of did. And you wanted so much, so fast. I didn't even want to get married. Fuck it. There's so much I didn't do. Thanks for that. You're welcome. I can't believe I have to know you forever. Oh, you're fucking insane. And you're fucking winning. Are you kidding me? He's able to like really navigate the entire spectrum of the the complicated feelings uh, of this divorce. And um, yeah, I just think in movies where they treat him like not a human he kind of like falters because it's like here's a stock one emotion character like this is who you are thing and it's kind of like it reads as false because it is um and when movies give him someone really complicated and deep and honestly like not to compare this to like you know his work as rilo ken but like that's also complicated like it's complicated family shit and he's able to really navigate that again with i think his really like wondrous expressive face and eyes um so yeah, I too am choosing Marriage Story. Well, what gonna, about you, Gavin? I'm going to build off that I'm not choosing Marriage, marriage Story, don't worry. Um, uh, even though I do think it's fantastic and, and absolutely worthy and should be a five-star review. But um, I famously love tanking the poll. So I, I'm I'm going to pick Patterson. Um, I, I went back and forth truly with uh, Hungry Hearts in this for a while. I really do love his performance in Hungry Hearts. And I, I think same. I think it has a lot of the same qualities you're talking about in Marriage Story, but also like a scarier place. It's <laughs> because spooky. of Yeah, literal life and death. And uh, But I think Patterson also gives him a lot of the things you're talking about. It's this really deep character, 
But what's interesting is I think he has to play a lot of it inside. And a lot of it is you spend your entire movie with this film, your entire movie with this character. I don't know if you really learn that much about him by the end of it, even though you're, you're in his internal internal monologue, you're experiencing these beautiful poems he's writing because that's, that's his true passion in life. He drives a bus, but also he writes these poems. Uh, Side note, uh, Jim Jarmusch, was a huge fan of this poet he asked him to if he could use some of his poems or if he could write some more so all of adam driver's poems are from an actual very famous poet and then there's the scene where he meets the young girl who is also a poet and she reads him a poem and that's a poem by jim jarmusch and i think that's a really cute funny way of jim jarmusch being like you're this amazing poet i've put on this pedestal and my poetry is that of a young child (laughs) um i I am but a baby yeah, but I, I think it's this very beautiful, uh, sad, but also optimistic tale of this man who wants, like, maybe maybe actually doesn't want a little more in life. Maybe has what he wants. You yeah. know, the, the tragedies he experiences are you know, a dog eating his poetry, which is horrible because it's not like he's going to be able to replicate those po- poems, but he also didn't want to do anything with them. You know, they were for him. They were for his peace of mind. I love that bit at the end where he meets this other man mysteriously who gives him a blank notebook. I I think there's, you know, the whole movie itself is like a poem. Uh, and I think that's a, a really unique thing. Also, there's elements of himself that he gets to play. You mentioned, Brian, that there's that moment towards the beginning where you see his military photo. And then he, he like, stops a... Um, I suddenly can't think of his name. Cheaty from a good place from the good place. From, <laughs> sure. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Um, maybe committing a shooting, um, which turns out not not to actually be a violent situation, but it's a facet of the character of Patterson that you don't really know until it happens. You know, right. you've been informed of, but you don't get that there is this internal like, yeah, veteran, <laughs> that, veteran, yeah, yeah, and um. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's I think it's a really beautiful film. I know it's not for you, Louis, and that's fine. But uh yeah, I do think like I like the idea though that like art comes and goes. Like that's a that to me is pretty powerful. And that also like not all art uh is gonna like change lives. Like right. it can, and, it can and, change your life, and that's it, and that's good enough. And that's what I love, and that's what I think one of the other things I love about the girlfriend is like, yeah, she's making those cupcakes, but like food is a very disposable art it's meant to be consumed and eaten uh she's making curtains and and tablecloths and like those things are meant for them to see they're not for public she's consumption she's constantly making shit I just yeah you said that she's painting walls yeah she's uh, you know she's finding ways to fill her day um she just doesn't know what her art is yet you know she's still trying to figure it out if I uh, came home one day and my partner, whoever they may be, was like, I painted the kitchen today, I'd be like, say what, bitch? Like, <laughs> are we going to are we gonna ask? Like, you know. <laughs> but but Patterson's so chill. He's Patterson like, yeah. is the chillest. Did you ever hear of the old Italian poet called Petrarch? Is that it? Petrarch. He perfected the sonnet. Uh, I read online that one of his early books of poems was called The Secret Book, just like yours. I didn't know that. You read that. You just happened upon it online. And also that he wrote all his love poems to a beautiful girl called... Ta-da! Laura. That's true. Mm. 
So we have many things in common with other great and famous poets, you see. I just think it's a really lovely film. And if you haven't seen it, it's it's worth watching. But as Louis said, it's not for everyone. Um, excellent. Before we get into our fast forward, why don't we do our mixed reviews review? My one star review is Wide Noise from 2022. My one star review was The F Word, also known in, a, in the US as What If from 2013. My one star review was 2018's The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. And my five star review is Marriage Story from 2019. My five-star review was Patterson from 2016. My five-star review was also 2019's Marriage Story. All right, let's get into our fast forward. Mr. Driver has a couple things in the bag. Yeah, uh, well, two days ago, it was the Forbes announced that they think he accepted to play Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic (laughs) Four. So, Right, this is all allegedly speculation. Who can never be sure? This episode's uh, not going to age well if he, t- if he turns it down. But I I don't know if Adam wants to be in superhero movies anymore. I don't know if I want Adam in superhero movies. Like how much more? Like hmm, how much more money do you need? <laughs> You're gonna get those Kylo Ren residuals till you die. Mm-hmm. Till you die. Um, what I, I I wasn't talking about that specifically, but um, yeah, like, this is kind of like breaking news. It happened this this week. Uh, with this Mr. Fantastic stuff. I mean, I guess it's not like it's I kind of like it's inspired casting, but do I think he wants to do that? No, this man fucking wants to be an artist and do freak shit. But he's, I mean, he has said his true passion is the stage. Like he wants to be back on stage. Right. Um, he he does have in post-production right now two movies, uh, one called Ferrari, um, where it's a biopic. Um, about Enzo Ferrari, who founded, what if I was like Nissan? No, um, <laughs> <laughs> founded, the, the owner of Honda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know he'll be starring in that, um, and then also something called Megalopolis. Um, that's that's the Francis Ford Coppola. Well, there we it, go. It's long gestating. How uh, Brian? Do you know how long Francis Ford Francis Ford Coppola has been trying probably, to make it for probably like, like twenty years, twenty yeah. plus years. He's so, been so focused on making his wine, and now all of a sudden he's finally making his passion project. Well, he's using his wine to fund it. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> Give me my wine. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, and so, like, again, I, we love to see it. He's still working with, you know, these auteurs. I just hope it's a little more um, silence and and not as much uh, Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Megalopolis. Mm-hmm. Right. right. We can never be sure. Uh <laughs> In the hands of, of 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 good men, doth good things come from Adam Driver. In the hands of crazy people, um, Adam Driver is like, lol, I like to be a freak. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, but Brian, w- what do you want to see um, from Adam coming um, next? Well, I mean, I'm very excited for both of these movies. I'm excited that he's working with these two filmmakers. Obviously, Coppola is one of the most influential filmmakers of all time. I mean, he hasn't had a win in like 30 years. So hopefully this is a major thumbs up from him. And then Michael Mann is actually one of my – he's not one of my favorite filmmakers, but I've been waiting for Michael Mann to kind of give another banger because he hasn't done that in so long. Collateral was in my top 20 films of all time, and I don't think he'll ever be on that same level. But something that I would love to see Adam do 
is work with a female director. He hasn't worked with a female director before. And say that. I, yeah, from, I would love for him lips. to. I, I don't know why. <laughs> like, I'm shocked he hasn't worked with Greta Gerwig directing. Yeah. I'm surprised that that hasn't happened yet. Maybe it'd be a little too obvious, but, you know. Just, he would have been just, perfect for Intense Ken. May, maybe, <laughs> in he has a, maybe he has a cameo in Barbie that we just don't know. Maybe. Um, I, that would be great, but. No, I that's definitely something that I would love for him to do. I would love for him to work with a female director, and I would also love for him to do a straight up horror movie. He hasn't done that, and I would love for him to to do that and also work with Paul Thomas Anderson. That's like a top thing for me. I really yeah. want him to work with PTA. He Those would be are good. All very um good, interesting thoughts. I I would not have um, thought about any of that, but I, I like it. I like, I think, my God, he would be an excellent, like slasher horror dude. Uh-huh. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I want him to be, I don't know, someone's dad in, um, little women too. Um, <laughs> and, and it's funny. I, what I want is Adam to be in a musical that isn't Annette. Uh-huh. Um, because he he can sing. I, I don't think he's like the greatest singer, but like he can, you know, do the thing. And he's a very physical actor. And um, I, I think that would be a really fun thing. For, I mean, because also, again, like I think he's not afraid to do it. He's he wants to do weirdo shit. So uh, yeah, that's what I think. What about you, Gavin? Yeah, the music man with Adam Driver. <laughs> um, um, what about a, a nice Fiddler remake starring yeah, Adam Driver as Tevya? As Tevya. Um, yeah, no, I uh I agree. I th- I I agree with both those things. I would uh definitely female director on my list of things he has to do at some point, you know. But uh but yeah. Sama, just like <laughs> want to do some weirdo shit. Yeah. Where she is. Yeah, Hello? absolutely. Um but yeah, no, I th- I think that's I I feel the same. I would love to see him on stage, obviously, and I know we say that yes. in almost every episode, but like that's his passion. Yeah. And I would love to see that passion, you know. Come back to Broadway, babe. We miss Absolutely. you. Please, please. Um, I think that wraps up Adam Driver. Um, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, now is the chance for you to like talk your shit, man. How can people find you? Where can they find you? Yeah, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been such a blast getting to come on here and talk about my favorite working actor. I'm just so happy <laughs> that I got to do this. Uh, so you guys could find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Brian Suffield. And I have a podcast of my own. It's called Film Fragments, where I bring on a guest to talk about their favorite films from an actor, director, and genre of their choice. It's available on all streaming platforms. We have a lot of great episodes coming, lots of great guests. And hopefully I have these two gents on at some point. <laughs> you never know. A little tip yeah. spot here and there. We'd love to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm glad you brought it. Yeah, it's we we always it's always like when it's somebody young in their career, it's always like, oh, but he has such an inter- interesting career that it's so worth talking about. Yeah, and you just know that like it's just going to continue to be varied and interesting and weird. So, can't wait to see what's next for Mr. Adam Driver. Absolutely. But if you want to contact us, you can always find us on Twitter at, at The Mixed Reviews. Or us on Facebook, just type in The Mixed Reviews. If you want to write us a little letter, you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at the underscore mixed underscore reviews. And if you want to listen to our back catalog, we're on every major streaming podcast app. You can find us there. If you want to stop by one of them, 
leave us a five-star rating, write us a little review. We'll read it on the show. And also tell your friends about the show. Be like, hey, beep, 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 beep. Hey, Bobby. That's I, I, was, I was just listening to a show. I was like, not Bobby. Yeah, Bobby, 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 Bobby baby. baby, Bobby. Uh, yeah, just do that. Do that. Let us go, let it just, be known. Yeah, just go ahead and do that. Um, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will see you in two weeks with a brand new episode. Uh, keep an eye out for voting for May Madness. Uh, that was ongoing. Uh, thank you so much, and have a good night. Bye. Bye. Sapena ko sa tete. Okay, wonder we take guardo a così. Si pure tu te siente a morir. No mon dice. And no mon fai capir. Ma perché?